When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi Anna Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell on the Pod. It is about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. But because today is a Monday, Anna. That's a... That's a natural fact. <laughs> We're going to read a story from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book series. That's just what we do. And you know what? Um, we're not primarily spookisticians. No. We're mostly, not professionally. No, no. We're just sort of idiots. Uh, we're comedians. <laughs> And um, we're big fans of the sort of scary things you heard about in middle school in general. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. podcast is about lies told to you by your cousin. Um, yeah, haunted tampons and sort of scary cars and that is a tampon is an item that could easily be haunted, kind of ghost like. Um, yeah, you know, often seen floating. Yeah, it's got a little tail like a ghost does. <laughs> Classically, it all makes sense. Ghosts have tails, and, and I think it, we've lost everyone who wouldn't have liked us anyway. I know so we got them right out of there. <laughs> let's just be ourselves now. Yeah, they're happy. We're happy. Everything's it's fine. Great. Uh, Anna and I just finished up, um, trying this several times along with some ads and boy, at this point in the, at this point in social distancing, I've really just forgotten how to read words off the page and also how to interact normally with other people. Yeah. Justin Firstman is doing a series of impressions on his Instagram. (laughs) And one of them was a guy who hasn't spoken in a year after quarantine trying to have a conversation. Oh my and god. And it just if you can all go to his page and look at it, it just feels it's like how are how are you? You look good. <laughs> you look good. Yeah. Um at this point getting a, an unexpected FaceTime call, it, it's like someone is pointing a shotgun. I'm reacting the same way where I'm like, "Oh, oh god, I don't know how to do this anymore." Like I need yeah. 2 days before I can face You need to give me 2 days. <laughs> it does an unexpected FaceTime call is the same as seeing a calm man holding a gun sitting on your couch who says, <laughs> "I just want to talk." Where it's like, "I know that I'm in danger, but I I don't know, it's just a quiet moment." <laughs> It's too much. Um, I yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I I've been cooking a lot. I'm just a prairie woman. I've been embroidering uh, and cooking, and you should see Anna in this light too, because it is a really beautiful prairie light. We got some prairie light going on. Yeah, yeah. It's a good look. It's a good look for you. I think. Thank you. I've got some dark clouds to my left and some 
like a tallow lamp style yellow light to my right. <laughs> it's all working. It's, it is. It's very Christine's world or Christina's world. Christina's never, world. Christina's yes. world. Yes. Yeah. That's famously a girl fell down and farted in a field and she's looking to see if anyone could have heard her. <laughs> because she'll go to jail. She that will. was that was the rule in <laughs> Iowa back then. Yes. It's <laughs> I've also been cooking a lot. Um, I tried. I'm, I'm also doing things like. Uh, we've mentioned before kind of depression era meals. I, I can go out to the, go to the grocery store, but I am trying to make use of everything I make. Like I just roasted some cauliflower leaves. Yeah. You were like cauliflower leaves. You guys haven't worked in 15 years. Yeah. Maybe it's cause you can't get married the right way. I can't they're think of fine. Roast jokes, but they're fine. I, 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 I wouldn't not recommend it. And if you put, if you like toss anything with olive oil and salt and pepper, it's going to taste okay. I think I missed a part of the recipe where it says like, and here's a mayonnaise dip to dip it in. So I think it really, that probably contributes all the taste to it. Yeah. And instead I was just sort of eating roughage, which I probably <laughs> should have. I know. I've been feeding myself like I'm a horse. Like anytime I try to eat healthy, I've been getting farm share boxes and uh, I just figured out that you can cook the tops of these root vegetables. But honestly, Mm. any vegetable people are like, it's so good. Yeah. There's a great recipe where you like put a stick of butter in a pan for a minute and then you put (laughs) the vegetable in and then you throw out the vegetable and you just drink the butter. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, that's very I, good. Yeah, I think the next step to cooking vegetables is like not soaking it in butter and or making it taste actually good. Yeah, I know. And sometimes I'm just like, have we passed that point? Will vegetables just never taste good again because we've messed the earth up so deeply? <laughs> oh, woof. Um, oh, uh, well. Anyway, anyway scary ideas for things sp- that could happen. <laughs> yeah, things that are not real that are scary. Yes. Uh, it is a Monday. It's my turn. I will be reading a story from yes. the inaugural Scary Stories oh to Tell God. in the Dark book. <laughs> Jason just fell over Ladybird across the entire room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, I also, yeah, we, it's nice that we both have lovable goofs as significant others, oh, Anna. The best. Um, it's really I, good. I didn't give Chris proper warning time. And so I was like, hey, we're recording an episode right now, halfway through himself giving himself a haircut. Himself did give himself, <laughs> himself a haircut. Himself did give himself a haircut. Wow. Remember when I said I'm I don't know how to communicate with my friend. anymore? Who's your friend? Myself. <laughs> <laughs> Myself was so weird today. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I got a haircut from myself. It's just going to be a hard one. I also have had like a single long fiber of cauliflower leaf in my teeth. <laughs> And so for probably two hours, I've been using my tongue to try to get it out. So it's not working. So I just think my mouth is not, it's not going to be a game today. <laughs> so let's just uh, proceed. The part in X-Files were the, or not X-Files, in X-Men. <laughs> Shut up. No, I said X-Men. You said X-Files. I said it right. <laughs> Where someone in a lab just turns to water. I feel like that's me in a week. Yes, that is exactly how I feel. <laughs> That part scared me <laughs> so much. Too scary. Yeah. Famously saw that movie four times in theaters. <laughs> figuring good. out figuring out my Wolverine attraction still. Okay. <laughs> uh, this story is called <gasps> The Guests. <gasps> good. Yeah, this one we haven't touched. I'm I don't excited. know what it is yet from the title. Oh, okay, okay. All right, ready for this? Yes. A young man and his wife were on a trip to visit his mother. 
Usually, they arrived in time for supper, but they'd gotten a late start, and now it was getting dark. <gasps> yes, decided, I love this story. Yeah, you know, yes. you know where it's going. Also, we have talked about this before, but the trope of saying supper in the Scary Stories universe always sounds tastier to me than dinner. It always feels like it happens at five o'clock and it's a very, very, very flat bowl of soup with no bread or anything. Always bewildered by a flat bowl. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. They decided to look for a place to stay overnight and go on in the morning. Just off the road, they saw a small house in the woods. Maybe they rent rooms, the wife said. So they stopped to ask. An elderly man and woman came to the door. They didn't rent rooms, they said, but they would be glad to have them stay overnight as their guests. They had plenty of room, and they would enjoy the company. Mm. The old woman made coffee, brought out some cake, and the four of them talked for a while. I always loved the idea of that. Which part? Um, the idea of like showing up at a house, you don't know the people, you're ask you're making a huge imposition asking to rent a room. Uh, for the night. And then they like bring out coffee and cake and you talk and suddenly you're new friends. Like you're in the middle of the woods. I don't know. It, I know. It's it appealing f- to me. It feels like the kind of um, hospitality you get anywhere that isn't a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I guess LA does that more. If someone like if my closest friend wanted to stay at my apartment in Brooklyn, that would be a lot. <laughs> but like, yeah, I feel like if I lived anywhere else, people are like. Yeah, yeah. I, like you I, would have to be my very, very close friend for me to want you anywhere near where I sleep and fart. <laughs> but like in these stories, people are like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, that must. I, that's got to be a Midwest thing. Because I, I, so. I, I feel like that hasn't happened for a long time on the East Coast or the West Coast. Although there's that story about Rachel Bloom where she was driving through like the desert with uh, with her husband, Dan. And and she like tweeted, hey, all the hotels are booked up. Can, does do any of my followers live near where I am and could we Whoa. stay with you? And then some follower did reach out and was like, sure. And then it was That's like a news story. Oh, so nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just got to trust that they're not going to murder you. Right. I think when you have maybe when you have a very successful TV series and, and some impressive awards under your belt, that helps. Uh, but yeah, yeah, still cool. Uh, also like what kind of coffee and cake are we picturing? Like a oh, coffee cake? Yeah. Definitely thinking something with a streusel on top. That's nice. Like a crumb it, cake. A crumble. Yeah. A crumble. Crumb, a crumb streus. <laughs> okay, great. My wife works as a crumb streus. Uh, <laughs> it's a female crumbster. <laughs> <laughs> so the four of them ate the cake. They had the coffee. They talked for a while. Great. Then the young couple were taken to their room. They explained that they wanted to pay for this, but the old man said he would not accept any money. That's nice. That's so sweet. The young couple got up early the next morning before their hosts had awakened. On a table near the front door, they left an envelope with some money in it for the room. Then they went on to the next town. They stopped at a restaurant and had breakfast. When they told the owner where they had stayed, he was shocked. That can't be, he said. That house burned to the ground ten years ago. The old man and woman who lived there died in the fire. <sighs> the young couple could not believe it, so they went back to the house. Only now, there was no house. All they found was a burned-out shell. They stood, staring at the ruins, trying to understand what had happened. Then, the woman started screaming in the rubble. There was a badly burned table, and on the table was the envelope they had left there that morning. The end. Scary. I like the extra beat that this story gives. Say more. 
Um, I, th- I think the, the very standard ending for a story like this, especially in this series, is it often would just end with the, with the waiter saying like, that place burned down 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, but I like that they were like, we're not going to believe that we're going back to the source. We're going to see. And then the envelope being there is a great touch. I think I like it too. I also like that screaming counts as a line and that she got an extra line. <laughs> she did get an extra line. Um, yeah. Like I feel like it could have also another thing the story will do will be like, and there it was the ghost. Like <laughs> it'll just say like what it was, what they saw. Um, <laughs> But I don't know this why, is but like, that sounded like how Nicole Richie would end a scary story. And there it was, the ghost. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it. Yeah, I agree with you. The like the scream. It's all very cinematic. That end. Mm-hmm. Like you sort of see the camera move from her face to the the table. I'm. I've been in LA for a month during quarantine. I got stuck out here, and now I speak in terms like cinematic and the <laughs> camera for something that's a book. Um, <laughs> I'm changing. <laughs> yeah, I um I I I have also wondered like what happened if they opened the envelope and then there was no money and it's like oh fuck. <laughs> they thought like the money is it just stinks like piss. They're like, "Wait, <laughs> what part of it the, was that?" The, the ghosts? Yeah, why would they do that? Or was this just a raccoon? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Always um, a good question. Oh, man, this all I have so many questions like we can do the what's scary about the story. But I, I think yeah. my main question is like, do these ghosts like, OK, a w- was this like the anniversary of them burning down? Why was the house there when the people went in? Mm-hmm. Be like, did they know they were dead? Yeah. Good question. Um, See, like, when did it disappear? Was it when they left? I guess. Yeah. Just the whole idea that this place is there and then disappears is. Yeah, I um I remember as a kid not understanding whether this was a ghost story or a time travel story. Like Whoa. they had like they had yeah. like they had like skipped past in time but so, there was like a fray in the quantum timeline or whatever and their envelope was still there cuz yeah, then I was like, "Oh, they slept in a burned out husk the previous night." You yeah, know? this is actually uh, a deleted scene from the movie Frequency starring <laughs> Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid. Classic Frequency. There's a very similar moment in Frequency where it's it's similar to a moment from the Scary Stories of the Dark movie where like a character oh, in the right. past puts like a letter in a wall somewhere and then someone in the future pulls it out and it's like covered in cobwebs, but it's while yeah. they're actively talking. Oh, spooky dookie scares me. Frequency. Wow. Haven't thought about that in a long time. I love frequency so much. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Mdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid? Yes, yes, wow. yes. Those are the guys. And I then used to some mix women. that. I, <laughs> uh, probably Kira Sedgwick, you know? 
Probably. Um, I used to mix Frequency Up with White Noise, which is oh. Michael Keaton. And it's a similar thing, except it's ghosts in the radio trying to communicate. Scare to and me. It's, it's scary. It's a little more, it's definitely more um, malevolent. I will say this also has a very classic trope that I thought I, okay. So the trope is like, that person, they died 10 years ago. Yes. And somewhere in college, I decided like that was my bit, which was like, if someone was talking to me to a friend that we had just seen moments ago, then I'd get a confused look on my face and I'd be like, Evan, Evan Watkins? Evan Watkins died eight years ago. And it was a thing that like, I don't think anybody likes but me, but I did it all the time. And then it oh, happened no. down to down to that like saying that person's name, then last name, then saying that person died specifically eight years ago was on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Chelsea Pretty's character said it. Then I was like, Oh my oh, god! Shoot. I thought I I thought I was the only one who's using that as a bit, but I guess. Oh my god, Andrew! Uh, but this no, was I, like before people really got depressed and like uh, <laughs> had this is before schizophrenia started to set in yeah. amongst our peers, and it was still fun to do stuff like that. Yeah, no, and that was, and and yeah, I would, uh, our, our friend Evan Watkins, which is why I use that name, he and I used yes. to do it all the time. But one time I, w- I taught playwriting, I taught playwriting at NYU for several years, and um, on Halloween, uh, my TA couldn't come into class, and I sat down in class, and my class was like, hey, where's Jordan? And I was like, what? And they were like, Jordan, and I was like, Jordan Baum? And they were like, yeah, our, our TA. And then I like tried to look as pale and weirded out as possible. And I was like, Jordan Baum died six years ago. And that oh time I said, God. and then all of them looked at me completely mirthlessly and like, no, like just no one was enjoying it. And I think that's the last time I did it because I was like, wow, I'm not going to try beating this dead horse. Kids are changing these days. I know this was also, that was also the same year when I used Seinfeld as an example and truly, they were like, I mean, we know of it. And I was like, oh, no. Oy, oy, <laughs> yeah. I, I like I, when change happens to other generations, not <laughs> mine. And that's the thing. I think that happened when I was only like 26 or 27. I was like, I'm too young for to be feeling this way. And so I just had to, I just had to sort of like reroute how I interacted from that point forward. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a yeah. That's going to oh be a yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, this is – it's sort of the um, – the trope of the like yokel at the gas station, the like harbinger of doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not quite the same. It's not like the don't go up on that mountain there, but it, yeah. it is in the same sort of class of like, it's sort of the after version of that. Yes. Like the guy it's, at the gas station is the before and the hasn't seen in 40 years is the, after. The hindsight harbinger. <laughs> yes. Oh, you, like, you did something scary. <laughs> Oh, that <laughs> you did. Oh, don't you know what the ghost did you see? <laughs> it's an after the fact. Yeah, it's sort of like you ate a delicious meat pie and then your son was in it. Yeah, like yep. the, sort of the, the Game of Thrones version of the like the saw sort of like you have to eat your friend to get the key or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever seen that James Adomian bit where he talks about the animatronic uh, yokels on like <laughs> flume rides? No. <laughs> Where he's like, there's always some guy on a log who's like, go back. There's trouble ahead. And it's like, well, then do something to help. Like, I can't do anything about this. Could you give me your hand? Could you stop the log or maybe the big saw at the top? Oh, my God. I would love Splash Mountain so much more if there was an opportunity to escape. (laughs) Like, you could either take or not. 
I used to think at, at Canopy Lake Park in uh, Salem, New Hampshire, which was like the theme park we would go to as kids, there was a log flume. And, and you know how there's like a very narrow rickety staircase on roller coasters? My thought was like, well, that's – that. yeah, that's for if you get to the top and right before you go down. Like you can just choose to get up and get down, you know? And um, I tried to I tried to do it the first time I went up like I as though it was the clearest option in the world. Like I stood up in the log and began to step out towards the steps. And whoever I was with was like, you can't do that. (laughs) Just plopped me down. And then I screamed all the way down. Oh, my God. Wait, was it a real option or no? No, I mean, I think that's just for absolute emergencies or more likely (laughs) for like um, if the ride gets shut down and someone needs to get up there to like do fixing like mechanical fixing fixing <laughs> oh my god we had a video from disney i have a memory of us having a video of being on splash mountain which i don't know if that's possible <laughs> maybe um, like when you'd rent a camcorder uh from oh, yeah. like blockbuster and take it with you to disney and they'd edited a video oh, fun. of um my brother on splash mountain screaming having a meltdown <laughs> at like hmm. i guess age seven um and we're about to go down and the vultures are like uh, taunting him and he's screaming back, shut up. No, we're not. <laughs> like something about the vultures being like, they're dead meat or something. And yeah. just him screaming, no, we're not. Children buying into the reality of rides is just the cruelest thing we do as adults. Yeah. Well, it's scary to think that you're on this track just plunging ahead. Um not knowing the dangers that lay ahead of you, which is yeah. sort of like these people in the story. They're just sleeping in a ghost house. Once again, Anna is the is masterful at taking taking us back from the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride that I've taken us on away from the topic back to the topic at hand. Um, I'm a kiss ass for skills that don't uh, apply in real life. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah but- it's true that that um, these two people are probably forever damaged by this experience, right? I think so. I do think they get divorced after. Yeah. Like we just watched Flight of the Navigator and I was shocked. Oh, yeah. It's where like the boy goes missing for eight years and they can't explain it. And he sees his parents who are still together. Yeah. I was like, I feel like they would have gotten divorced if their child disappeared and then came back the same age as when he disappeared. I think things I think when you live on like an intercoastal in Fort Lauderdale, maybe that provides <laughs> maybe that provides you with some sort of peace that you can like I think if you if they lived maybe inland in Florida, absolutely getting a divorce. But yeah, often on waterfront property, maybe there's a little less tension. Yeah, there's more air moving around. <laughs> yeah, we also when we watched when we watched Flight of the Navigator last night, we noted how often every scene the little kid is every every other actor the the main character is in the scene with, it really does seem like the scene's about to end with him kissing the other character. He this little boy has too much chemistry with everything. <laughs> with a robot voiced by Pee-wee Herman, the yep. chemistry was like electric uh, yeah it's it's insane i mean it's like uh, we we just kept being like i can't believe how like uh, attentive and present he is in all these moments with this so robot so present so <laughs> engaged Sarah when his Jessica older Parker. yeah when his little brother shows up and is older now and then like slowly crosses the room and sits on his bed and they're like quietly talking i was like oh my god if they don't kiss i'm gonna be mad <laughs> 
Yeah, it definitely it definitely was reading like when when two guys get picked to do it to do a scene in acting class and it like there shouldn't be a kiss in it, but you're like, they're gonna kiss. They're gonna kiss <laughs> they're gonna kiss because the teacher will be like, Thank you for taking a risk and putting your guard down and it's gonna make the difference between a B plus and an A minus. We know how this works. We love it. We um, love it. Yeah. Well, we watched it over Zoom, by the way, guys. So just oh, yeah. calm you know. down. Yeah, it's you're not going to Stephanopoulos us. I <laughs> dare me, dare dare me to dare you. <laughs> dare himself to dare himself. Uh, myself gave myself a dare. <laughs> Andrew, what's scary about this story to you that we haven't talked about yet? Um, yeah, I mean, we covered time travel is scary to me. Um, uh, I to me, like a thing that was really frightening about the reality of this is that I feel like probably what would happen is. The husband getting back in the car would be like, well, that it must have not been the same place. It didn't really happen. And it would begin to gaslight the wife. And that sort of like reality scares me. Oh, wow. Yeah. How how you have to think someone else is crazy in order to keep yourself from going crazy. Um, I never thought about the after moment. Aside from them just screaming and screaming. Because then they're going to go to his mom's. I'm like, what? That weekend's ruined. Like, That's right. I forgot. What are you going to talk about? Yeah, that's scary to me. How about you? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm still imagining him being like, no, that didn't happen. Um, Yeah, that's like, didn't we have somebody write in with a story? Oh, it was the beach shadow. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Uh, right. The dune man. Yeah, where her boyfriend was like, no, that wasn't that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is... Yes. Like that makes so much sense that he'd be like, we're imagining that we're tired. We didn't sleep great in those beds. Like Mm -hmm. we did weed three years ago and this is just come up and for that. Yeah. That's why I have to keep bringing up. um, I've I've talked about it at length on the podcast, the cat, my alley back in Brooklyn, who would say I'm Alan occasionally. (laughs) I, I, I bring it up now and again, just to make sure that it still exists in the same way for Chris and I. Because, like, I don't want it to – I don't want my brain to rewrite it, you know, that suddenly yes. Alan is, like, saying longer sentences. No, he was just saying, I'm Alan. Yeah. it It's hard – it's good in a marriage when both people can agree that the cat said, I'm Alan. <laughs> you have to buy Andrew's book. We have to buy it. Um, what is – who do we cast? Who would we cast? This is good. This could really go anywhere. This could be very young. This could be older. There's yes. no kids involved. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, who we got? Who we got? Is it Catherine Hahn? Oh, for the young, yeah, for the younger woman or the or the um, the younger woman. Yeah. Yes, yes, Catherine Hahn. We always love her. Uh, Catherine Hahn would be really good because yeah, someone who if they screamed, you'd be like something is up because this person does not seem like a, yeah. a an easy screamer. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Catherine Hahn, and maybe um. Oh, it's uh, it's boring to say Patrick Wilson, so I'm not going to say Patrick Wilson. Oh, we love him. I I do. I mean, yeah, he, he's he's now horror movie horror movie royal horror movie whore. Um, I mean, we I think in this case there's something fun about having two funny people. So I know we have also cast him in the past, but Kamel Nanjiani and Catherine Hahn, I can see them being a very fun team. I like that chemistry too. I think that's great. Yeah, I think they'd be good. I am. I don't know why, but immediately for the older couple, I'm thinking Craig T. Nelson is sort of an homage to Poltergeist. Yes, yes, yes. 
And I, I mean, the the obvious choice is, of course, Kathy Bates. But I'm going to say Anne Dowd here. I think it's really her time to shine. I like that. I think I can't not picture Annette O'Toole and Michael McKeon. Oh, wow. That's a great combo. Like just kind and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a big fan of the Netflix show Virgin River. She's sure. on that playing basically this character. Um, yeah. 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 And then That's I'm going to I'm going to twist it around cuz I know it's like that they're like the waiter or the owner of the restaurant I think they they make a guy but I'm going to say um let's get Margot Martindale in there yeah as yeah. a waitress as a waitress or the owner yes. of or the owner of the cafe either way uh, yeah I think the owner I think I see this as Janelle James do you know her she's a I great stand up yes I think she'd be good at that because I also think like it's less scary to imagine the person being like they haven't been there in 40 years. Like I think the scariest version of that is someone just calmly stating it. Yes, you're right. And I feel like um, Janelle would be really good at that. Yeah, that's I I was talking about this recently with a friend that like there is nothing less scary than someone trying to be scary. Yeah. And when someone is is trying to downplay how scary something is, that's when you know it really is scary. Oh, my God. Good point. Put that um, in the show Bible. Yeah, I will. Yeah, because it's like, uh, I mean, I hate when someone is like telling a scary story and they're like, once upon a time. Like, I don't know. I just don't need that. Get lost. Get lost. Um, but yeah, when you think you, what you're when you're when you know what you're saying is scary and you're trying to present that as not so scary. That terrifies me. My cousin oh, yeah. Evan, my cousin Evan, I think I've mentioned before, told one of the scariest stories to me before that ended up being like a fake thing that camp counselors would tell at the camp that he worked at for several years. Um, uh, but it, he, he like told the story as though this was a thing that happened to him that he hadn't ever like figured out what the explanation was. Um, but yeah, it was about like an evil fraternity that he signed up for. And that gradually he realized, like, what these people do is they keep you on board. And if you try to leave, bless you. Thank you. And if you try to leave, they just ruin your life. Like, they do everything they can to ruin your life. And he, like, told the story. It was so well done. We were staying at a lake house that my family used to rent every summer. And it ended in – and, yeah, truly, I was like, this is – I was like, I'm so sorry that that happened. Then he was like, oh, it's completely fake. (laughs) Um, but oh he was, my God. but he was telling it as though it was like just a dumb story about his like identity getting stolen. Like I thought it was so effectively done. Oh, weird. Yeah. Good, good job, cousin. What is yeah. your, what does he do? Evan. Well, now he runs the camp. Whoa. Yeah. Dream job. That was always as a camp counselor, we'd always be like, I'll probably be camp director or like I could co with you. And then I, like he's, and he's, he's so doing good at it. it. He and he and his wife are, are really amazing. Um, oh, and best. it's an awesome camp. Chris and I went up there in the winter, uh, just to see how it looks. And it was like so beautiful. And I'm sure in the summer, it must be just completely amazing. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's it for casting, but yeah, I love Janelle James for the waitress. I think that's super great. Anna nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, good. Good story, Andrew. I, I think we did one of these as like a test episode before we, oh, we might have. Yeah, yeah, we did. I don't think we did it on the actual podcast. No, I don't think so either. I think it's it's funny because th- there will be these lost episodes forever. There's one that Anne and I did like on Halloween just for our friends years ago, which was like our first foray into it. And it then yeah, years you're right. Ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was a long time ago now. 
Um, but yeah, so maybe one day, maybe one day we'll release the original episodes, but I'm sure the sound quality is terrible and, and I probably I it's great. stammer it's me on like, myself more than I do now. It's just me tap dancing in a bathtub with my <laughs> laptop while Ladybird screams. <laughs> it's me recording myself on a Tamagotchi. <laughs> Yeah, we actually recorded a web series version of the podcast on an LG smart fridge. <laughs> we still shot it on film somehow. Oh, Anna, can I give you an update about my spooky idea or my my like spooky idea for things that could happen last week? Yes. Okay. So if you missed last week's episode, uh, I told the story where uh, at about like three or four in the morning, I woke up with <sighs> a start. And I was awake for like a minute, and then I heard our doorbell ring. And uh, as I'm walking up to the door, I realize like, oh, our doorbell doesn't sound like that. And then I look out the peephole, and there's no one there. And either it was a ghost or I was sleepwalking. I don't like either option. But here's the scariest part about this, everybody. Uh, No. The next morning, I'm telling Chris about this experience I had last night. And Chris gets this like far away, confused look on his face and truly is like, "Hun, we don't have a doorbell at all. So it's not even a matter of me. Like it's two doses of scary. One is that this thing happened. The other is that for a very long time after coming to grips with the reality of this, I thought that we had a doorbell and gentle listener, we don't, (laughs) which is just crazy to me. Andrew. That's less of a ghostly scary thing. And that's more of like a, how did I not know this about our home? That Um, is sort of the same thing as like that hotel burned down or that home burned down 40 years ago. Like we don't have a doorbell is the small apartment dweller version of that. I was so, I, I didn't, I actually went and checked our door because I was like, we have a, we don't, we do not have a doorbell. You don't have like a buzzer or something. No. Isn't that crazy that I thought all this time that we did. Yikes. Yeah. I don't like that farmer. I'm sorry. I think maybe um I think maybe quarantine's getting to me. I'm looking at young pictures of, of Craig T. Nelson and I'm feeling good. I that scene when he's in the mirror in poltergeist and he's doing the like before, after, before, after. I don't know. I, I remember thinking like I think it was like pre dad bod mania. And I remember being like, I'm sure there are people who are into dad bods. And lo and behold, so we learned. We learned. You we were le- an early adopter. We learned. Craig uh, T. <laughs> no. Uh, what's something no. scary that happened to you this week, Anna? Oh, good question. Um, let me think. Oh, I have something scary that involves teens. It's just oh. a quick, easy thing. Great. Um, a thing that's happening now is that people like if you are going to cross paths with people at all, there's a lot of like stutter step and someone takes like a big, weird parallel step to the side <laughs> perpendicular to your body. Um, and the other day, Ladybird, we were leaving the parking lot of a Aid, Um and uh, Ladybird wanted to stop and sniff the worst, scariest bush right next to like where a thousand cars go in and out. Oh, and um, it was just her favorite place. <laughs> and but it was fine. There were no cars. So I just stopped. And there were these two like 19 ish year old girls walking and they were both wearing masks. But like they were barreling. I should say Jason has a completely different experience of this moment. So I could be wrong. Oh, interesting. But in my experience, what happened was they were walking full speed at us with Mm. no like gonna stop energy. No like, oh, yeah. Sorry. No, you go there. No, hold on. I'll go. I'll go here. Sorry. 
it was just like walking so quickly at us that I felt like I was going to have to push them off. And then they stepped around us. It just, I think my anxiety is going insane in public. Like if I wear a mask, my brain switches off and I go a little bit crazy. Also, I'm sorry. If you have confidence and you haven't yet had to deal with like a weird hair coming out of your nose or ear or neck that happens in your mid (laughs) twenties, I don't understand you. I don't understand. I know. I don't like young. I don't like thinking about like young hip people during this time. Yeah. Because they want to be at the party stores. They want to be at the the kooky fun houses. <laughs> they want to be at a beer. Not. They want to be at a beer restaurant. They <laughs> they want to drink martinis. <laughs> oh man. Um, anyway, yeah, that, that was scary. just a, a little spooky moment. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else can relate, but like when I put on a mask to go into a grocery store, my brain goes into like panicked bird mode. Yes. And like I just stop making sense and I start shopping like I just got like a bottle of kosher honey so I could feel connected to my culture. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like but that. Like, but it was it was from a place of pure panic. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, let me tell you. So I don't know if you've tried to order something on Amazon Fresh lately. No. But the t- I mean, it's like I don't want to. Um, I'm only I'm only getting things from there that are like stuff that I can't get at the grocery store. Uh, but it's impossible because there are only, if, if like a slot opens up for delivery time, it gets snagged up in a second. So sometimes you just go and check and, and I'm just putting together a grocery cart so fast online to catch this, uh, time limit. Um, and yeah, that has resulted in some weird purchases, like a whole bunch of tomato paste, like (laughs) three boxes of pepper Jack Cheez-Its. And like I, it's like stuff that I'm like, I don't know that I've, I've ever had that. I don't know why I'm getting that. I don't know why I'm getting multiples of it. Um, it's not a good impulse to have. Panic purchases. It's yeah, a thing. Yeah, not great. And, I, and then it's like then you see those people in grocery stores or those videos of people in grocery stores who like their carts are full of paper towels. And it's like, yeah, we everyone needs to take a step back, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, that is frightening. Um, confident, confident teens and panic purchases are all scary, scary. teens. Um, do you have a scary thing that happened to you this week? I mean, that revelation. Oh, that was yours. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. That, that revelation was pretty scary. Um, no, that's allowed. Yeah, and I think I think that is the that's the definitive one for this week. I mean, we'll see. Chris's haircut's going very well, but I mean, it could take a real hard turn, and that could it be won't. Scary. He's too crafty. He's I gonna know. Look great. He's it, it is astounding to me how he really can do just about anything. Um, and the only thing he doesn't like is calling to order food. (laughs) He doesn't, he doesn't like it. He wants to do online. I think, I think, or no, or just like, that's one of the, that's one of the things where it's like, I will call and make the order. I I think it's because it kind of comes from his old days working at the Apple store where it's like, I know it's, this is, it's obnoxious to describe yourself as an empath. I'm describing someone else as an empath. That's Chris, okay. That's we love that. Yes, Chris is very empathetic, and when I don't know if you've, if anyone, if any of you have worked in the service industry, a big thing you have to learn is to just like reject any emotional stress that customers are putting on you. Like you just have to be able to let it go. And Chris is like a sponge for human emotion. So like, oh. if there's like, if there's like, if a person he was calling and ordering pizza from was having a bad day, like that could be hard. Um, but he and that's do, just him imagining that. Yeah, and that can and he can do virtually anything else, and I can do almost nothing practical. 
So that's my one way to really contribute. Um, yeah. That's good. And I that's cook. your that's your like um your your caveman skill. <laughs> that is my caveman skill is calling up Cougart and Cougart. Ordering, ordering Spanish copita from them. Cougar. Cougar. Uh Anna once again, just a highlight of my week. Andrew, you're the king of the gods, Jesus. <laughs> wow. And you Juno. And everybody else, we love you. Get, Get out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.